It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Michael Reed on LMFM. Wednesday morning, the 8th of September. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. As you know, the Minister for Foreign Affairs has been explaining to the Oireachtas Committee on Foreign Affairs how Catherine Zabone was appointed as a special envoy to the United Nations. Catherine Zabone did not ask me for a job at any stage. Simon Coveney says while she did contact him the minister also says that she wasn't asking for a job she was actually asking for job advice. She did text me for advice on the 22nd of February about the possibility of working with USAID on women, gender equality and LGBTQ issues and whether I could make an introduction for her that's all she looked for from me at that point And I didn't respond. So how was it then that Catherine Zappone ended up getting a job? The idea of Catherine Zappone playing a role for the Irish government came about from a short conversation I had with my Secretary General on the 24th of February after a meeting when I raised the question as to whether she might be of use to our team at the UN. At that point, the minister says he was advised that the Biden administration would be appointing a special envoy for LGBTI plus rights. So it was in that context that I raised the possibility of a special envoy with Catherine Zappone and asked her if she'd be interested in such a role should the department develop and recommend it. Minister Coveney says he then phoned Catherine Zappone. This was on the 3rd of March. But it wasn't a job offer at that stage as I made it very clear that the concept needed to be developed by the department, which is exactly what subsequently happened, as the files will show. Looking back now, I should have been clearer with Catherine on the content of the work, on the extent of the work needed in the department before a formal role could be offered to her. So, in early March, the minister was talking to Catherine Zappone about possibly creating a role for her. I didn't speak to Catherine Zappone again until the 19th of July, despite the fact that she had been looking for updates. And that brief conversation was just to confirm her meeting with Niall Burgess in Dublin to try to finalise matters. Simon Coveney, the Minister for Foreign Affairs. Jared Crockwell is an independent senator and a member of uh, that joint Oireachtas Committee on Foreign Affairs and joins us once again this morning. Good morning to you, Senator Crockwell, and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on the programme uh, this morning. Another long meeting, another long set of explanations uh, from uh, the Minister. Did he convince you yesterday? 
Yeah, good morning, Michael. Good morning to your listeners. No, I'm afraid you didn't convince me yesterday, but I, I feel that the public have grown weary of the Zapone incident now, and this is just another example of what it's like to be a member of the privileged society in Ireland. But I think uh, the minister is not finished with the committee. I think I've written to the committee chairman and asked for the minister to be brought back because I believe there are matters of national security that must now be dealt with. All right. Well, I take it that's to do with the phone, is it? Uh, Because you're asking uh, who issued the minister with his phone and if it is encrypted. Yeah, I mean, our Minister uh, for Foreign Affairs is also our Minister for Defence. And as such, he has control over one of the two intelligence and security uh, organisations of the state, that is the Defence Forces. Um, The phone he would use would have the telephone number of probably every member of Cabinet, and most members of the Doyle and Janet, most uh, Foreign Affairs Ministers in what we would call the civilised world, and there would be correspondence on it through WhatsApp and through text messaging with God knows who. So to say that his phone would have been hacked, if the phone was a secure phone, which would have been encrypted, and then that is a national security issue because it means every single phone that is a secure phone in the country is now subject to the same attack that his phone was subject to. Is that a, was that an oversight? Was that a, a mistake on behalf of um, the part of the officials? Uh, because uh, the minister doesn't choose who issues him with a phone, I take it, and that those kind of decisions are based uh, with security in mind. And I think uh, you asked uh, if it came from one of three options yesterday and uh, the Minister explained that it was the Department of Foreign Affairs that issued him with the phone. That is correct. Um, yes, you're 100% correct, Michael. I mean, it is no. the Minister has handed a telephone when he takes office. Uh, my question now is who's playing uh, loose with our security system? Because if the phone was not encrypted, it is reckless behaviour on the part of the... Uh, um, uh, Department that issued the phone to the minister, and that we're told yesterday was the Department of Foreign Affairs. Is it the wrong department? Should it have been the Department of Defence or the Defence Forces uh, themselves? It should have been the Defence Forces, the uh, Communications and uh, Information Systems, or CIS unit of the Defence Forces. Uh, they should have issued the phone, and they should, in fact, they should, they're the only people who have the full spectrum of controls and protections that can be put on communications devices. So, in fact, they should be issuing all of the phones to ministers uh, throughout, throughout the government. Uh, I think this has opened up mm. a whole new question. And... I think people are tired of the Zapone thing. The Zapone story just does not add up. Uh, there's nothing about it that's convincing. If you look at the text messages, you can interpret them any way you wish, Michael. And I know your listeners mm. are, are probably tired of it, but nonetheless want to see it resolved. Mm, no doubt. Uh, but when it comes to the phone, and if uh, the minister should have been using an encrypted phone, but he, he wasn't, was that even an oversight uh, on the part of uh, the state officials? Uh, because uh, Simon Coveney was making the point to you yesterday, he's not the only one who's had his phone hacked. Uh, the German Chancellor, Chancellor Angela Merkel, has had her phone hacked. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simon made that uh, uh, statement yesterday. And... W- 
following the Merkel uh, uh, attack on her telephone, uh, you would expect that every agency or every department in every government in the European Union would have uh, stepped up their security uh, and um, made sure that telephones were unhackable or as unhackable as possible. Uh, I mean, we have to be aware of the fact every time we pick up a mobile phone now, there is a possibility that somebody is listening to us. But we can take steps to secure the phone by encrypting it. We can do that even, we can do that ourselves on our own phones if we want to do that. Um, But the state should ensure that our ministers' phones are beyond, uh, as far as possible, beyond the reach of those who would want access to them. Okay, because uh, the idea of the phone being hacked uh, was uh, the logic for deleting these text messages as part of the story that we're all sick and tired of at this stage, as you say. Yeah, uh, Michael, the the text messages is another issue that I've Mm. written uh, to the chairman on. Um, If you remember the Graham Dwyer trial, the murder trial, Mm. uh, in in that case there were text messages that the... uh, uh, forces or the Gardaí were able to retrieve from a, a telephone system. Uh, in the case of the two rugby players in Northern Ireland, in that court case, if you remember, yes. there was uh, text messages that had been re- deleted and had been retrieved by the police service in Northern Ireland. So to say that when we delete a, a message from our phone, it's gone. Uh, it's not really gone. It's still retained on a server somewhere belong to in, in the possession of our uh, telecom service provider. So I, I've asked, uh, you know, what steps has Minister Coveney taken to retrieve the messages that were lost? Because uh, we, we've seen one side of the communication uh, between himself and Catherine Zappone. I think people would like to see the full uh, series of communication. So, I mean, he has to explain, has he even asked uh, his provider can I retrieve messages that I delete? Deletes. Mm. I asked that yesterday. I didn't get an answer, really. Okay. Well, now that we have seen some of uh, the communication, it's uh, led uh, to what appeared to be a tall story changing into another but different tall story uh, and the story continues uh, to change but the minister was adamant yesterday that he, he was very sorry uh, about how it has all been handled but it was all above board uh, but there continues uh, to be problems if there are problems uh, for Fine Gael in Fianna Fáil uh, because of the behaviour of uh, three ministers Simon Coveney, Leo Bradker uh, and indeed Pascal Dunhu. You were asking yesterday uh, as you have done before on this programme about the Fianna Fáil minister Michael McGrath and his involvement in all of this and if he approved not just the €15,000 that Catherine Sapone was to be paid but what it would cost overall for this job because of all of uh, the travel expenses and hotel expenses and other expenses that would be involved. Yes, uh, Michael, uh, the, the 15,000 figure that was released is disingenuous to say the very least. That covers the minimum amount of time that Ms. Zappone would be would have been expected to serve the state. But in actual fact, as a special envoy, my understanding is that at any stage, she was free to travel anywhere she wanted in the world. And when she would travel in the world, I, I do know that the system is if you're, in, if you're on a flight longer than five hours, you move to business class. Uh, so you can take uh, a flight, for example, to Australia would probably cost somewhere around about seven or eight thousand euros. Um, uh, so 
she could have booked those flights. I'm sure she wouldn't be staying in a hostel when she'd mm-hmm. arrived there, so she would stay in one of the finer hotels. And she would be paid the daily rate while she was working, which means the 15,000 figure could very, very quickly become 250,000. Really? Um, and, and uh, you know, I've asked that question and nobody is prepared to answer it. Now, Minister mm-hmm. McGrath, as the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, is the person responsible for cutting salaries in the country or for, uh, I suppose, maintaining national wage agreements and things like that, uh, he would have had to sanction this post. Right. So did did they cost it? And if they did, what is the real cost? And that's, and that's the cost of Catherine Sapone, or uh, to uh, take the personal, personality out of it, uh, to depersonalise it, that would be the cost of the role of the special envoy. Uh, that the individual would be paid €15,000, but the cost of the role would be €250,000 possibly 250,000. That's not taking into account any support or admin staff that would go with it. 100% correct, Michael. You know, we need people like you talking about these things because most of us take whatever drivel is thrown out to us by government and we say, oh, well, you know, that's a terrible thing, but sure, it was only 15,000. The number of people who have contacted me and said to me, it was only 15,000. And I say, well, hang on a moment. Have you thought about travel? Have you thought about hotels? Have you thought, of, thought about secretarial support? Have you thought about the engagement of public relations companies? Uh, all of this sort of stuff. And they sit back and they say, oh, my God, I never thought that all those things would be involved. So the other thing, Michael, is the United Nations building in New York. It's an iconic building. Some of the most powerful people in the world move through that building. I am sure, Michael, uh, I certainly would love to have open access to that building all day, every day. And I'm sure most of your listeners would love the same thing. In fact, I'd pay 15000 a year just to be allowed to go in and out of the UN mm. building in the hope I'd bump into somebody. Well, Clearly, you wouldn't be out of work for very long if you were rubbing shoulders with all of those high flyers. Absolutely. And it is clear from the text messages from Captain Zappone, she didn't care what role she got in mm. the UN. She wanted a UN role. And that is clear. So uh, Captain Zappone, a person with dual uh, um, citizenship in the United States and Ireland, why the Irish government would pick somebody who lives in New York to represent the views of Irish people when we have a plethora of highly qualified civil servants. I have I've said this on your program before, Michael, and I think you, you have mentioned it yourself. These unknown people who are uh, uh, advisors to ministers, mm. uh, these envoys that are picked on a whim by a minister, None of us know anything about them. But if you look at the American system, if I decided to pick, if I was fortunate enough to make minister at some stage in my life, and I decided I was going to pick you, Michael, as, as my special advisor, mm. you should be brought before the relevant committee and you should justify the reason why you sh- you should get that position. I'm not saying we should go for open competition because I don't think that that would work uh, when you're talking about special advisors mm. or, or envoys. But what we should have is a transparent system where a committee questions a person. I once questioned a man uh, on an education committee 
who has been appointed to uh, chairmanship of one of the one of the national committees. And I met him before we went in, and I, I knew the man. And I said, Pat, I said, I, I'm going to give you a hard time in here, and if you don't answer the questions, you won't get the job. And he looked at me and he smiled. He was a retired senior civil servant. Looked at me and he smiled and he said, Jerry, you can ask all the questions you want. I have the job anyway. All right. Well, you were asking questions about the job that Catherine Sapone decided not to take because of uh, the heat that surrounded all of this uh, and if there should have been a cooling off period uh, between the time that she was a government minister and being appointed to, to this role. Uh, there's been a, a lot of talk about cronyism and if a cosy backroom deal was done. Uh, the minister told you that there was no conflict of interest. Do you accept that? Absolutely not, Michael. Absolutely not. If you recall back in 2014, I managed to get into the uh, Shannon because of a cronyism issue at the time. Uh, I do not accept for one minute what I was told with respect to the cronyism aspect of this. I don't accept that a minister with over 20 years experience in the Oireachtas and another minister, retired minister, who had five years experience as a minister and five years experience as a a senator would not have known that a cooling off period was required and that to engage in even discussion about an appointment would have been contrary to standards in public office. So I don't accept any of that. All right. If um, you were to summarise what uh, the minister said yesterday and what was being asked of him, would it be something along the lines of everybody looked at the documents and looking at the documents, it was clear that the minister offered Catherine Sapone this role of a special envoy to the United Nations in March. But then the minister came before you yesterday and said there was communication in March, but I didn't offer her the role in March. And maybe Catherine Sapone misunderstood and thought that she had been given the job when she actually wasn't being given the job. That would make Catherine Sapone look very silly if she thought she had been given a job that she hadn't been given. Would that be a fair summarisation of the whole thing? That is 100% correct, Michael. You've zoned in on the, the nub of the entire issue. What had happened was an offer was made for a job, or at least that's the way it seems. She was delighted, ecstatic at the appointment, yeah. and then they retrofitted the uh, job description to suit her. And if you mm-hmm. look at the interaction between Ms. Sabone and the Department of Foreign Affairs, it is clear that she was involved in drafting the terms of her own post. It is clear that she was involved in drafting the responsibilities she would have in that post. The whole thing stinks Mm. to high hell. But it it seems as though um, the response to that is that she wasn't actually offered the job. For some reason she was silly enough to think that she had been offered a job that didn't even exist. Uh, You'd be interested to hear what she has to say about that, wouldn't you? Absolutely, and uh, we, we, we have called for her to come before the Joint Oireachtas Committee, uh, which, of course, she is perfectly at liberty to say, no, I won't go there. She's now a private citizen. She doesn't, we can't compel her to mm. come before the committee, and she doesn't have to answer any questions. But I think in her own interest, and to restore her own um, uh, profile, mm. uh, she should come before the committee. I, I'd have always thought of her as a, a very intelligent person. I mean, I think anybody who becomes a government minister is usually a very intelligent person and I just would find it very difficult to think that she would be so silly to be of the belief that she had secured a position as an Irish UN envoy and when she hadn't been offered that position at all. 
Absolutely. Look, Michael, 100%, I agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, you and I could meet tonight in a, in, in a pub somewhere for a pint and you could turn to me and say, Ger, I've got a nice little post coming up for you in uh, LMFM, but look, uh, do me a favour, say nothing about it for the time being because i gotta, I got to develop the job before you can take it. And, and, and I was in the position where, look, I'm, I'm, I'm tied up until the end of June, so can you stall it out until the end of June and that's the way it all comes across there was an, an agreement here and Minister Donoghue was the, the linchpin between all of this and his role has not been fully explained yet uh, so I mean the way I see things is we have Minister Donoghue speaking to Minister Coveney Minister Coveney speaking to Captain Sapone then somebody had to go to Minister McGrath's uh, department and get sanctioned for the money and this whole thing as far as I'm concerned she was offered the job in March and what they did was the retro Okay, well, we'll leave it there for the moment. Thank you, as always. Independent Senator Jared Crockwell is a a member of uh, the Joint Directors Committee on Foreign Affairs. Michael Reed on LMFM. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.